Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 330. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. In living color, in personal view, if you're on YouTube, you are seeing my wonderful face. And in mic number two, you see my wonderful co-host, Charlie Carden. What's happening? It's fully live. We're both swagged out, but we're, we're actually taking this opportunity to represent the gauntlet of not only one of our own programs, the Holocron Crime Chronicles, bi-weekly Star Wars. But Todd, what have you got? What are you wearing tonight? Yeah, so I'm repping uh, a good friend of ours. Joseph Moran has been on our show many times. Uh, he's been on uh, Holocron. He's been mm-hmm. on Co-op Mode. He's been Secret Friends. He's a great guy. He does the PlayStation Trophy Room, and he is a big supporter of uh, Pride Month. He has created Pride-themed shirts, so I'm supporting those because Joe is a good friend of mine. Uh, he's been on our podcast. He supports us, so we are supporting him in the month of Pride. So, folks, if you are interested in po- Pride-based merchandise, Joe has a lot for you. He's the dude. He's a cool cat. Knows more about lightsabers than you can shake a stick at. It's good stuff. Oh, oh, and I don't want to forget. Kyle Stevenson, who's also been on my show. Uh, he actually subbed for Charlie one episode, is right. also part of the PS Trophy Room. Totally awesome. So, yes, swag. Go get your swag. Swag on. Swag sideways. So, uh, this is episode 330. We are inching ever closer to our anniversary blowout. 350, just 20 weeks away. But what is this going on with this comic cover from 19, summer of 96, from, from this time, 25 years, 22, 25 years ago? What's going oh, on? yes. So, yes. So, um, the Invincible, Invincible Iron Man 330 um, was at a weird time for most of the Avengers squad. They just were in a weird flux where they didn't know what to do with these characters. They kind of felt creatively bankrupt to his time. And this is a great example of like throwing anything at the wall to see if it's stuck. Oh, my God. Kitchen sink. Yeah. So the cover is Iron Man um, with a war machine. I believe that it says war machine. I, that doesn't look like war machine uh, that I've ever yeah, heard of. He's wearing like a uh, no. And it's I, I see the the unicorn dude and. I can't even pick out these characters. Yeah. Um, uh, it says when stockpile strikes. And stockpile. this is the, the curious part is basically, I'll just read you what they even said for the synopsis because I remember this, but I couldn't remember the details. So one of the more convoluted times Stark met his demise was during Avengers, the crossing arc in the book an older Tony Stark has been turned into a sleeper agent by Kang the conqueror. He murdered a slew of people, including yellow jacket after the Avengers brought in a younger Tony Stark from the past of an alternate timeline to stop the future version of himself. The older t- Tony ultimately sacrificed himself to stop Kang. Things got wild, wilder from then on out as a, Eventually, the new Tony Stark was killed in a battle with Onslaught, an adult version right, of the onslaught. character. Yes, right. Onslaught, and an adult Just version of the character right. was brought back to life by Franklin Richards. Also, it was later retconned that it was a Mortis in disguise, not Kang, who manipulated older Tony. It's as if See, it, so Kang. I'm trying to remember because there was Kang was a Mortis. Like, Kang is a Mortis, but he's also uh, uh, the Pharaoh King Tut. Yes. Another character. He's all three. And I read because, you know, I've been doing this Avengers project and I've been doing it in a very sideways fashion. So I don't really remember a lot, but I definitely recall 
the plot line kind of going over how that all shook out. So yeah, it was Kang was from the 30th century, but he traveled to the past because he wanted to conquer that, but then he got stuck and then he evolved into another character. And I just, you know what? I, the more I talk about it, the more that I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> there is an, around that time, probably 1998, there is a great Avengers miniseries. I think it's called Avengers Immortal or something like that. can't remember. The but it was all about Kang and all the chaos he ensued, uh, that ensued right. around Kang. The artwork was beautiful. I think Mark Busiek did the, the, wrote it. And I believe it was, uh, I got to remember the, the artist, but it was a beautiful book. And it was like 12 I issues long. I remember, I, I, damn. I, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. And again, I was, when you say 1998, that was post Heroes Reborn slash mm-hmm. Return, and so it was it was the beginning of that the Busiek Perez era, which is magnificent. I have a signed cover in the den. You and I were there together when we met the man when we met George Perez. Um, that was a great run, but you're right; it was much like the end of the the Clone Saga for Spider Man, which was in the mid 90s. It was the end of some really bad stuff. That ended up in some really good stuff. So yeah, everything in comics is ebb, just ebbs and flows. And oh, oh, yes. oh I it, the, the, I was actually it was Avengers Forever. Um, Avengers Forever. That does sound familiar. Yep, Car- sound familiar. Uh, Carlos Pacheco, excellent artwork, and it was just such a unique series. But yeah, it was all about Kang and how Kang. Um, and and I'll, I'll talk more about Kang actually later in this episode for uh, undetermined reason. Let's but, do that. But yes, but in yeah. in in, uh, in, in deference to that. Why don't we move along and uh, we'll saunter on over to flip on the the microphone, the Victorola, uh, to make a recording of uh, Madam Webb and her latest bits. So uh, uh, without further ado, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, Madam Webb, um, sorry we had to reveal the statuette of you last episode. Um, we will probably give more uh, clues revealing your real appearance over time, or even maybe snapshots of what you've looked like over time. So just, just you know, you know, if you want to treat us nicely, we'll be kind in the pictures we choose of you and your state of dress. You ought to be in pictures with clothes on. Uh, first up, oh boy, uh, Book of Boba Fett has uh, finished production, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, the, the series will fill in the Bounty Hunters past, Robert Rodriguez directing several episodes. So, Todd, it's a prequel, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Robert Rodriguez really is a favorite of yours, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm not too far off a of course. He is fantastic. Um, he is really known for kickstarting the budget movie craze of, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, all of those guys. Um, he uh, really does fantastic visuals. He's not afraid to try different things. He made Spy Kids. Uh, he's right. done different things like that. And he loves bringing in Danny Trejo. So we're going to probably see Danny Trejo in the man or in Boba Fett, <laughs> which would be fantastic. Well, he would be a rock solid bounty hunter. Cause they don't need any makeup or oh, costuming no. at all. He's just some raw, you know, they'll go to the, one of the more famous um, canonical settings uh, in star Wars that you've seen in the, in the, in the comics, but in the books, but not in the shows or TV is uh Nar Shaddaa, the, the, the smuggler's moon. Um, and that would be a sweet setting for something something like this series. I would love to see that come to life because that is just a it's like your favorite place tattooing um, full of bounty hunters, but it's interesting. 
It'd be pretty. It's a big skeevy city, and it's just oh, I just yeah. I, I I will almost bet you money that that will end up turning up in the series. But anyway, uh, the book of Boba Fett, which was teased at the end of Mandalorian season two in a way that just made everybody's nerd boner quiver for lack of a better term. Uh, we will be bringing back actor Tamura Morrison uh, to reprise the role as clone adoptive uh, son of Django Fett, uh, who was not too scary or sort of scary in the movies, but really scary when he came back in The Mandalorian um, and really made his bones. His co-star is, of course, uh, I want to say Melinda May. Why am, I, why am I forgetting her name? The actress playing... Uh, Ming-Na Wen. Ming-Na Wen, thank you very much. And also drawing a blank on the name of her character who is just in the Bad Batch. So sorry about that. But anyway, yeah, she's a, he has taken over uh, the uh, throne uh, on tattooing from Big Fat Bib Fortuna. Um, so he's the dude now. He's running the syndicate on, um, on tattooing, Todd's favorite Star Wars planet. Right, Todd? Uh, I will not repeat what I said in the chat. <laughs> Todd used a bad language word, and that's not his way. Um, yeah, but yeah, this uh, this looks fantastic. This will air before The Mandalorian. So this will air, and then The Mandalorian will come back, which is great. You know, kind of creates some, some buzz because it's a whole year in between shows, you know. So they um, hopefully in time, if Star Wars gets you know, rolling, if they get on a roll, they'll, they'll, they'll have year round programming, which is what Star Trek with five shows in production right now is really aiming for that. You're going to have 52 weeks of Star Wars or, or damn near. And it's what the Marvel cinematic universe is doing. They've only had small gaps since uh WandaVision kicked off. So I am all for it. This looks great. Cause it's uh, John Favreau, as opposed to the doldrums of the Bad Batch, which I got to tell you, uh, over on Holocron, we were we were not kind in our thoughts of how boring the Bad Batch is. Todd, I don't know if you've watched it anymore. Uh, I've read some recaps, and quite honestly, I'm like, that's exactly what I thought I was going to do. Yep. It's it's very much very rote storylines, and very it's it's so. all about cameos and giving you little bits and things about this new character, and she's going to be the bee's knees, and everybody's going to fall in love with her, and and you find out the character is somebody else, and it's like, oh my god, and we get to fill in all the details um, that happened between uh, you know this time and this time, so now we know everything, so now we are fulfilled, and our fan fiction can be thrown in the garbage because they have now filled in those spaces where our fan fiction once lived. So Your it is what it is. Very full. Indeed. Yes. So anyway, look forward to that. Uh, it was, uh, you know, announced as December. So it is in production or no, excuse me. It is now done and it, it is in post-production. So I am fired up and it's June. So that's six months and that six months will just race by. So we will, you'll find that my, eh, my minor interest in star Wars spurred on by the fact that I do a podcast about it will Kick into overdrive as it usually does at the end of the year by this great program. So I am excited. Something I just want to pan out here. Basically, Robert Rodriguez was the director who basically reintroduced Boba Fett. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool that he's executive producing this, also directing a lot of these episodes. Very cool as well. Um, But what they are going to do is they are going to use flashbacks to Mm -hmm. fill in the spaces versus just telling old stories. Because essentially it's kind of dual, uh, it's basically juggling the present and the past um, and obviously probably doing parallels. It's like, oh, I'm in this spot. That reminds me of that time I was doing that thing. Okay, let's talk about that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Move, move the ball forward. That's what. That, that's where I know you and I are both really stuck with Star Wars. Why do we have to? There's a six month period. I want to know on this Wednesday what Lando ordered for breakfast because there was. We need a, a six issue miniseries about it. It's just 
move on. Star Wars is a criminal case in uh, not learning, not learning to let go and move on and, and, and live your life. It's kind of, yeah. We found out how Lando got his cape. That's all we need to know. Let's move on. Right. Exactly correct. All right. What's up next? Yes, yeah, so uh, Indiana Jones 5, uh, we are getting more information about that. We've had some cryptic sent <gasps> pictures, That's which is like, who cares about it? Me! Don't you see oh. my initial in the flow? Oh, my goodness, Charlie. That's okay. Keep going. It's okay. We'll, we'll do it's it together. So. It's my story now. Like Indiana Jones, I took it away from uh, the uh, evil Nazis. You, I've you, got you, the story now. You grave robbed it. It's funny because we were just, because, you know, we went and saw, April and I went and saw Raiders' uh, 40th anniversary engagement at, at the Celebration Cinema. Then we said, well, let's just keep it going. And we watched, uh, this is funny, we watched um, Last Crusade. I messaged my dad. I said, would you consider doing uh, Professor Henry Jones Sr. with me as cosplay? And he said, yes. So my dad and I will do an Indiana Jones and Sean Connery photo shoot at some point. Oh, my it's, goodness. It's pretty special. But anyway, we just watched Crystal Skull, which is obviously they make mention of it here. So after that, why don't you go ahead? Yes. Yeah, so um, Indiana Jones 5 is coming back. Harrison Ford is now a spry 79? Eight, 78 or 9, yeah. he's He and Patrick yeah. Stewart are about neck and neck age-wise. Yes. yes. So essentially he will have, uh, you know, it, it's he's going to have problems making this film all by himself. So there's stuntmen going to be in this film uh, that, that are doing his roles for him, which is appropriate because he's got hurt on many other films. He's prone to disaster most of the time with planes and other things. So you know what? Just just show up and speak some lines. That's really all we need you to do, uh, Dr. Jones. And at this point, they're talking about that essentially they're going to use de-aged Harrison Ford in flashbacks, essentially telling story elements similar to uh, Robert Downey Jr. In, 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 when he was portraying himself, but younger. Um, and it's one of those things where I understand that and it makes sense, but there's going to be a time when he is too old to do this. And I hope this is an opportunity where they can do young Indiana Jones, introduce a younger actor playing him in those younger days before Harrison Ford was 45 years old. Cause that's about the time he started this when he was 45 years old, we can get a younger actor to well, then when, tell when more he started, stories. He was, he was, uh, he was about 40, maybe, sure. maybe 38, but yeah, exactly. The character, old enough. The, the character, uh, it's always easy to keep track of his age. Cause he was, the character was born in 1899. So just take whatever year it is and take one year away. And that's how old he is. Perfect. So in the last but, movie, it was in 1957. He was 56. Sure. And I'm sure the same scenario with Phoenix, uh, <laughs> River Phoenix, when he played him in the movie. Just kidding. Don't care. Um, but so once again, we've had younger actors play Indiana Jones, and I don't understand why people think that's not a, a good, still a good idea. And I think this is where you open up the series to then say, even if Harrison Ford wants to do some like intros and some voiceovers and just be like, I remember when, and then just Here's somebody younger doing these things, having some cool adventures. If you can replace James Bond, Sean Connery, you can do it with anybody. No role is sacred in my in my viewpoint. We're going to get another Captain America. We're going to get another Tony Stark. We're going to get all these characters, and we just have to adapt that. If we want these series to just live on, and, and quite honestly, we've only got four movies, and this is the, finally the fifth movie in how many years so many wasted years of not doing anything with the character, in my opinion. But I, I, I like the fact that they're going to de-age 
in this. They're probably going to have an actor playing him, but it's going to be his digital face over somebody like an actor, a stuntman doing his role. So that's good enough for now, but we're going to do something in the future because he's not going to be with us. Indiana Jones, good enough for now. Indiana Jones <laughs> 6, good enough for now. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I don't oh know. My gosh. I mean, you know, uh, Indiana Jones is he's a benchmark for me. My favorite film is Raiders of the Lost Ark, neck and neck with Endgame. Uh, it's my best cosplay that I've gotten some serious accolades for. Actually, like been requested for me to do that one at events and things like that. So Indiana Jones is very important to me. I'm still very much against this film. I'm sorry. Crystal Skull had its moments, but it was kind of like the Star Wars prequels where it was a series of moments. It wasn't a complete film that you could really get behind. Um, I have very low expectations that this will be anything that will be in the neighborhood of good. It's just, it's a time that's passed. You know, the hat should have been passed. The character should have been retired. It's just, it's just too late, man. It's just too late. You know, it's, it's not like when they brought him back as Han Solo. And again, that was five years ago, but Han Solo isn't Indiana Jones. He's physical, but not that physical. Um, and, you know, they brought back Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker, but he wasn't doing flips and shit and being all, woo. he was just being a grumpy old man. So that really worked. You know, Leia really worked, I thought, except for the part where they had to resurrect her through film to kind of squeak her through the last movie. Um, I just, I just, I'm struggling to see how this is going to work. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm having a serious, I, serious case of the, uh, the it's a serious case of uh, woulda, uh, no, coulda, but woulda. Woulda, coulda, you know what I'm saying? We can, but we shouldn't. I like this director, though, James Mangold, a lot. Yes. He did yeah, The Logan. Wolverine and Logan, Walk yeah, the Logan, Line, so Girl Interrupted, right. yet 310 to Yuma. So, you know what? I, I think it's the right move. If you're going to do a transition, you bring in a new director versus Steven Spielberg, who is so full of like, let's do these hairy happy things and we're going to get married and we're going to have a mutt kid that looks like Fonzie from the fifties and AO Angela. So <laughs> uh, I think you mixed a little bit of that with uh, Tony dance. Sure. That's okay. That's all Same right. Thing. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we will find out about that. Moving on. Uh, we are learning a little bit about the primary villain in the upcoming she Hulk uh, series on Disney plus starring uh, the magnificent, uh, Oh, my God. Uh, Tatiana Maslany, who was in Orphan Black, show that my wife absolutely loved that by the time we probably got halfway through it, I was like, what is going on? It's a very deep, very layered Canadian kind of show. I'll just put it like that. But still absolutely great. Uh, but anyway, uh, the She-Hulk is Jennifer Walters. She's the cousin of Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, character has been around since 1980, uh, where she had to receive an emergency blood transfusion after getting shot by mobsters, and her cousin happened to be around. He gave her some blood, and then she became a slightly less powerful, but still completely in control of her faculties version of the Hulk, called the She-Hulk. Now, like any comic character, she's evolved over the years. She's gone full Hulk. She's gone no Hulk. She's been in the Avengers. She's been in the Fantastic Four. She's done a lot of different stuff. But the villain that they're throwing at her, and was great, I was listening to, I know I'm plugging the Weekly Planet again, they tried to do the same story, and the villain they described was not at all this villain. They did not, they didn't do their research, but we did. Um, I know the character they're talking about, uh, Titania, who was uh, from the 
Marvel Superhero Secret Wars miniseries, my personal favorite from the early 80s. Uh, in that story, she was uh, a citizen of the section of Denver, Colorado, that got plucked up by the Beyonder along with different pieces of Earth from everywhere to create his battle world. And uh, when Dr. Doom assumed some of the Beyonder's technology, he decided to kidnap a couple of young women, which it's not as bad as it sounds, turn one of them into a chick who had volcanic powers, Volcana, I think. And the other one was Titania, and she was this Skeeter McFearin, who was like a 98-pound weakling, turned her into this huge, strong beast who, you know, beat the She-Hulk senseless at one point. So she's got a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. She's got an attitude, and she hates the She-Hulk. So yeah, you see it all here in the, there's a couple of panels in the story where they're having a kicking contest. Mm-hmm. Like a one, It's like a one-legged woman in a kicking contest. So yeah, no, you see exactly what I'm talking about. So you see the two women and they get transformed. Then in this lower panel, you see well, we aren't punching them the pictures. Yes, so no, we no. aren't showing the audience the pictures of what you're I'm describing. Ju- I'm, so. just a, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know it's, I know it's radio, but yeah. So boom, basically, boom. they're I'm up She-Hulk. I'm Titania. Boom, boom. Sam, I'm making the motions happening on screen for our, for our listeners and Thank viewers. Thank you very though. much. But uh, Titania will be played by the absolutely gorgeous. Uh, well, okay, Tani Al-Jamil was a character she played on The Good Place, but what is the... Uh, J- Jamila, Jamila Jamil. Jamil, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, absolutely beautiful woman. But also a, a wonderful actress, which is what really matters. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm excited for this show. I thought it was kind of billeted as a comedy, uh, and still could be, um, though I don't really consider... Um, even though uh, Tatiana Maslany is a very talented actress, I didn't necessarily kind of put her in that and, and kind of put her in that role. But it, you know what? Someone who's a talented. Look, good places a, a complete her, has, comedy. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, t- the the She Hulk. I'm talking about the She Hulk being the the actress Tatiana Maslany being a comedic actress. I hadn't really seen that side of her. But I would like to see that side of her if that's what it ends up being. So anyway, uh, She-Hulk expected to arrive on Disney Plus sometime in 2022. Thanks for the vagary. So this is this is fun. Um, I've always enjoyed the She-Hulk. Uh, when I started reading the Fantastic Four during the John Byrne run in the late 80s, She-Hulk was a member uh, in place of The Thing, who is on Walkabout. And then, uh, you know, following the Avengers titles in the 90s, she was regularly a member of both, I think, both East and West, but mostly East. So anyway, very prominent character. John Byrne did a lot of great work on her, did a solo title. Uh, I could just talk about John Byrne all day, so I'll stop. Yes. So this show, yep, it's going to be a courtroom comedy show. Uh, Like I said, there was a run where they talked about her being a lawyer. They broke down the, the, you know, basically the fourth wall and just, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of engaged and played with the medium. So I'm hoping it's more of this. I think I've heard rumblings that this is not going to be an hour long show. It's going to be more like 22 minute comedy, which I really love. Yeah. And there's there's too much there's too much going on for everything to be an hour long. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, not everything has to be a long story arc, but it's serious connotations. And it's like the end of the world is always happening. Nope. Sometimes you just want to have just really cool things like Modoc. Uh, these type of shows bring a lot of variety. So it doesn't feel like, oh, it's another hero show where 
who is the big reveal and what's going to happen. It just needs to grow. And this is how you make it. You do genres, you do things like that, that really uh, bring in new, new listeners and, and watchers and all these things that just have kind of avoided Marvel. Cause a lot of people have this feeling for Marvel. It's eh, I've seen it. It's more of the same. Yeah. It's not for me, but this is, you know, a comedy breaks through barriers and you can get new audiences, which I absolutely love. So good for them to do this. And I can't wait. Um, and to your point, Charlie, I, I hope Disney Plus does not continue this. There's like one show, only one show mm-hmm. for a period of time, and there's no overlap. Right. I would like there to be more going on from Disney Plus versus it's the one show I watch, and then I don't tune, turn back into Disney Plus for a while. I'd like it to be more things like, hey, this is the show's debuting Monday. This is show's debuting Thursday. Maybe we'll get there, but right now there's just so little content that's new that's really big. It's just it's the waiting game and it's a way to really stretch it out for, uh, for subscribers. So I want more Disney. Come on, be like Netflix, something new every week, something new every day. Well, you know, but again, that's, it's going to take time. Productions take yeah. time. It's going to take, you know, one to three. It's a, it's, let's say it's going to take two to four years to get that going. Cause they got to produce well, things. Just, it's not, to, not just Marvel, but star Wars. And you know, it doesn't right, have to exactly. be Marvel or star Wars. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But you understand. And again, I, I kind of harken back to what the Paramount Plus people are doing with, with Star Trek, and it's taken them some time to get it together. But as you and I were talking about in the pre-roll, it's it's hopefully looking like, you know, we'll get Lower Decks Season 2 starting in August. That'll bleed into Discovery sure. Season 4, which will bleed but into that's, but that's, Season 2. But that's different. But that's, that's, I'm talking all of Disney versus Star Trek. Because I could understand right, having exactly. too much Star Trek. It's you burn out versus Disney or Star Wars, Pixar, uh, Marvel. Right. You know, so you're yeah. saying, yeah, since the productions are not related, why can't they all be? But again, it just takes time to produce them. I don't know why the hell it takes them a year to make Boba Fett because what's it going to be? Eight episodes, ten episodes? I mean, you know, come on. Where's the beef? It's not a Jackson Brown album that takes eight years to make eight tracks. I mean, doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have to be Shakespeare. Give it to us. Give it to us. Give it to us. Give me, give me, give me. Well, quality take quality does take time. So well, then we'll, you see, we'll then you make you're making your own argument then. But anyway, no, but let's. They, but they, but they can have multi, multiple production houses. They can do these things. It's not just one team doing everything. It's literally a million production houses, and they've got Dep- Fox and all those things now. Depends yeah. on who's writing the checks. You know, you know, Disney's kind of cash poor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They gotta make, that's why oh they need more God. shows, get more people, get more, uh, exactly. sell more thingamadoos at the Disney parks. Oh, well, right. uh, we move on anyway. to something a little bit different. It's still in the weird hero realm. Uh, but this is a series that I really just always thought of as uh, an oddity. It's the Troma uh, film. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman made this brand of just over-the-top weird stuff, starting with Toxic Avenger back in the day. It's notorious. It's goofy. It's raunchy everything you don't want to see on film. And that's what he was proud to do. Basically kind of like the Roger Corman of the seventies and made things on the cheap, but put a lot out there and he just loved it. And he was a big promotion, man. Well, toxic Avenger got some traction for some reason. People just loved it. It was a cult film. Then just kind of spun off more sequels, but also made like comic books and video games and also a cartoon series, which I just found very weird. They took extravaganza. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic tale of a boy who falls into toxic sludge. He's uh, basically bullied, and then he turns into this weird muscle-bound, gross-looking guy called the Toxic Avenger. He he He's really muscle-bound, and he can basically tear, tear people apart with his bare hands, so it's over-the-top and gross. Apparently, this is being 
brought back, which is just kind of crazy. And they're really going for a premium cast, which is just blowing my mind. Kevin Bacon is going to be this, and he's going to be the villain. I love this. He, he loves doing stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I, Todd, I don't have the words. That's why I'm glad this one's yours. <laughs> and Peter kind of- Dinklage is going to be the Toxic Avenger. And we're talking like, these are not like just guys off the street. These are like big actors who've won awards and ha- make make still make paychecks. You know, these are guys that like, uh, I, I, this is my job that's going to bring me back, you know. Um, but it's really crazy. Uh, but the director is going to be Macon Blair. Uh, and he's, you know, a young guy and he's, he's really apparently been, uh, just really excited to be in this and, um, inspired primarily by James Gunn, who actually worked at trauma film. That's how he got to start. So because of that production house, we got James Gunn. Um, and he's just, it's just, he's going to be producing this. Um, and it's going to be interesting, but apparently this is coming and it should be very weird and if they do this right, it could play off very well and be one of those weird kind of dark, goofy, weird like films that sometimes catches people's attention. And sometimes it turns into Bill and De- Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> Bill, Bill and Dead, ugh, like yes. DOA. Yeah, death was well, in. I it. don't know. I don't know, man. I just this always seemed a little too hokum to me, but I- it seems like there's some people getting involved that could make it worth taking a look at. So I don't know. Worst things have happened. If it's, if it's, if it's in the zeitgeist, you know, we're going to take a stab at it so we can talk about it here. Cause, cause that, cause that's what we do. Absolutely. It's something, something fun. Uh, next uh, news story is something that I am really excited about. The more I see this, cause I, first I'm like, Oh, they're bringing back the masters of the universe. Oh, Kevin Smith is behind this. And I'm like, mm. oh, this could be horrible. This could be like he could be playing off the film like that came out and it's horrible. Or right. well, he doesn't have a great track record. And unfortunately, if I might, I did hear about him getting caught in a lie doing press for this that he said, oh, man, I've always been the biggest fan of He-Man. Somebody tracked down an old tweet from him where he said he's never seen an episode of He-Man. I hate it. When you I- know what? <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> They're bigger, I did, no, bigger fish to fry. You know what? Not, not by looking at this. And like, as you know, we've talked about this previously, looking at this cast, I mean, you got everybody, but Gandhi and Orson Welles brought back to life to be in this thing. This cast is totally insane. It is. Um, but the thing that gets you really excited is finally, we saw the trailer for this and it looks phenomenal. The artwork is great. The animation style is, is well done. And, Skeletor looks finally formidable. He doesn't like a like a goof who doesn't know how to use his powers. He does like he does like stupid things. It's like how are you gonna Orko even uses powers in this and he looks badass doing it. I'm like, how did they pull this off? And I'm I'm just in. And it's all about the, the, they call it the, the yeah. The first thing I thought of when you said when Skeletor doesn't look like a goof, I thought of this in I did this the other day. I was trying to pick up plates and carry them in the other room and I dropped one on April and I said before that I said, and Donald Sutherland as the clumsy waiter. That's just that's just kinda always how I thought of Skeletor. He, like I said, he was a bumble he was a bumbling oaf and he called Evelyn a boob, which sounds like sexual harassment. But anyway. I mean, I mean, he had some great zingers back in the day as a arch villain, but yeah, he was stupid. I mean, um, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the Christmas special where he's like, I like being evil. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, come so on. Why? 
Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a this is no right to be decent, and it looks like it's going to be good. There's a companion uh, cartoon and toy series coming out, but that one looks like it's totally for the younger set not the kids who watched this growing up like I did. So I'm glad they're com- doing right. this complimentary series where yeah, something doesn't have to be everything to, to everyone. Right. And kid, yeah. And there, there is a line in the store right now where to me, we talked about this previously. I've not actually picked one up and look at it. They look identical to the old molds, but you said they finally put articulation in them, but you know, I need to collect another line. Like I need a hole in the head. So I will admire them from the pegs. I don't know, Todd, have you picked up any of those? Have you been like, Oh, I got no, a I to- Moss man. No, no, I bought two figures from super seven two years ago they look just like the cart cartoon series but they have like more articulation look really good the face sculpts are fantastic and i think i spent 60 bucks for the pair um that's not that's not bad because that's 30 each which is 10 over standard retail for star wars or marvel close to it's well and and the the black series those are going to 25 so i mean they yeah they are ever inching they are ever inching closer even the even the right you know if you go into target they're still 20 but if you're getting them at gamestop or you're getting these exclusive they are 25 so yeah and then like the marvel selects are now at 30 which are are the slightly bigger and slightly nicer so yeah again so no if people if people pay, they're gonna they're gonna jack the prices. People will pay. That's the way it should. Absolutely, and they're gonna have new toys that actually look more like things kids would want to play with today versus what we put up with back in the day. So I'm glad this is right. the new stuff is coming out, and kids will have a series they love. And this one's coming out, and it's for me to actually not be embarrassed, and I'll enjoy it. So I like that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, taking us home, we had. Uh, Apparently, and I didn't realize it, Captain Picard Day was a, was a, a gag in a late late series episode of TNG that was celebrated on the Enterprise where the kids of the Enterprise have a day for Captain Picard. Never knew it actually had a date, but apparently it is today, June 16, when we are recording this. Uh, so the good folks at Paramount did drop a trailer on us, the much-promised return of Q to the Star Trek universe is going to happen. Uh, In this trailer, you saw uh, he and Jean-Luc interacting. Uh, Q has decided to age himself appropriately, and John Delancey looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's not nearly as old as Patrick Stewart, but, I mean, he he has aged well. He looks good. I met him, Todd, only in passing, one of those first Wizard World shows we went to. I even snapped a picture of him. He was looking at his phone. I said, Mr. Delancey, and he looked up, and I got a picture. It was you great. owe me twenty dollars, Carden. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was I was doing online betting. Yeah, no, he was playing Angry Birds and he lost. He missed his shot. Um, so th- this looks fun. We see you know vignettes of the existing characters. Um, we're getting the feeling that uh, time is fractured. Uh, so basically, Picard and uh, Q are going to be running about trying to put time back kind of where it belongs. You see some shots like uh, returning Cass Elnor, who is one of his, uh, one of his Romulan housekeepers. You see her, uh, you see Picard back in Starfleet. You see him in an Admiral's uniform. Didn't see this Admiral's uniform last season. So whether he's in or he's, this is a fracture of time. And that's why we're seeing him back in uniform still uh, yet to be seen. Don't know. Um, you say, oh, this is kind of cool. They show the, the Federation Council with a bunch of different flags, which is kind of cool, including Bajor, which is awesome. That's what DS9 ended with. And uh, you see the, another great scene of uh, Jerry Ryan is seven of nine waking up from a sleep and she stands up to look in the mirror and she is no longer Borg in any way, shape or form and is wearing a wedding ring, which eagle eyes grab. So she is living in some different future as well. You also get kind of a weird looking Starfleet badge. So there's just, there's, there's a ton of Easter eggs in this for us Trekkies. So uh, I'm fired up. I'm thinking, you know, Todd, you and I were talking in the B-roll. If, um, 
if the Paramount Plus schedule stays consistent, we should see this probably in January, February of next year. So I'm very excited. I love Picard season one. Naturally, all the I gotta hate everything neckbeard fans hated it because it wasn't Star Trek enough or it was too dark or there was a couple of swears in it or burr, 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 burr. I thought it was a great story. I enjoyed it. So Todd, where did you fall with Picard season one? Fan or not fan or somewhere in the middle? I liked it, but it suffered from a lot of these shows lately where it's like so much exposition to get you right. where you need to be. And, and then episodes. it's like yeah, I got it. race I got to it. the end. And it's like, take yep. your time and pace it better. So it, the, what feels like three episodes in one at the end doesn't, you can pace right. yourself, get there along I the way. You. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that heavy lifting we had in, you know, the last, uh, right. the first season where had is the, the Starfleet fleet show up at the end and it, it was all these different ships and Riker and then against the Romulans. And then, yeah, it was well, just you've like, got you've got to introduce all these new cast members and all these things. Plus you're introducing some new storylines, new villains and all these things. And it's just like, guys, pick your, pick your targets. Don't overstuff, uh, pace it well. So you make some really cool, really iconic episodes that you will remember it. And it's, it's maybe a standalone in between. And then you can then have a very fulfilling um, season ending where you actually remember what the hell happened versus I'm trying to like, what actually happened at the end? Because I remember like episodes leading up to because it was slower paced. And then at the end, it just got to run like all that, all that stuff they did on that, uh, on that Borg vessel. Right. Seemed like that that was very slapdash. And then at the end of it, they were like, well, we'll just leave it here. It's not a big deal. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah. The whole, the Romulan cooperative thing where they had the board cube, but then they reactivated it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm going to admit it wasn't absolutely perfect, but overall, you know, continuing with a 24th century storyline, which nobody else was doing. Cause again, we've got things really spaced out. Lower decks is doing a more of a satirical mm-hmm. take of the 20, 24th century. Picard is the more serious take and it's a little, little far further. The uh, prodigy series, which was announced with a voice cast this, this week also including Jason Mansukas, which I'm super fired up about uh, takes place really just after when Lower Decks is taking place, but it's in a different part of the galaxy, so they're not necessarily likely to bump into each other. And then, of course, Discovery is all the way on the 32nd century. So you've got... And then Strange New Worlds is going to be in the TOS time frame. And so they're, they're, they're using really the breadth of the Star Trek world building, the, the, the timeline, to spread it out to avoid what Star Wars has got going on, which you and I have talked about, which let's bunch everything in this 10-year period as much as we possibly can. Every single second. Explore new eras, grow the Mm -hmm. franchise, don't stagnate the franchise. That's what what I think is so exciting about what Discovery is doing. They jump forward a thousand years, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, Star Wars should be jumping a thousand years backwards and doing the Knights of the Old Republic. But anyway, we could be in a soapbox about that one for a while. So anyway, fired up about this and, uh, you know, looking forward to more as time goes by. But Todd... That does take us out of the news, and so we should uh, we should buzz up an Uber, we should hop in it, and zip on over to our favorite geek establishment, the Geek Easy. So let's do it to it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our drink on. And nerd on at the same time. Um, yes, so we kick off the Geek Easy with another episode of Loki. Yes, this is episode two. And this, once again, 
feels like a completely different series. Um, it, it's it's kind of building on some mystery, um, revealed a few things, which I appreciated. And it's once again, revealing layers of Loki and really, really, I think what Marvel's doing with these shows is taking great characters that you saw on the screen maybe 10 minutes at a time. Now they're getting their, their room to breathe and you get to see more mm-hmm. of the character and you really get to enjoy them. And what I think I've noticed when people say, oh, now this is my favorite character. Now this is my favorite character because mm-hmm. it's, and I don't know, maybe some of this is going to be recency, right? It's just going to be, oh, because it's the newest thing. I've always been right. a fan or I love it so much. Regardless, right. it's giving characters that. And with Loki, um, he's he's embracing his role in his new, uh, I guess, status quo, we, it would say, or we are med- made to believe. And basically, it's this this mystery of trying to catch this antagonist. Um, and it's really, uh, they do reveal that antagonist this episode. I'm not going to reveal who it is. And uh, But if you're watching, you know who they're tracking. So um, that's kind of right. revealed at the end of the first episode. And... I'm curious to see where they go with this because they had a revelation of how they can find this person. Don't know if that's going to continue to pay out that way. Um, But what I liked about this, um, and I'm going to make a projection of where I think this is going. So they kept on talking about the, the ramification of the TVA and who controls it. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. more I get into this trial, this is me guessing that the time lords, time masters, whatever they're called, the masters of time, guys who control time look like lizards. I don't think they're real, Charlie. I don't think I, they're I, real. I've I heard the same theory today, and I exa- exactly, it's one of those misbegotten, you know, the way people, it's, it's like, it's, it's, the, it's, Wizard it's the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, but maybe even not to that point. Yeah, so, oh, they've never seen each other, or you have, I loved it was revealed in this, the judge who we saw in the first episode, uh, and maybe I didn't catch it then, but her name is Ravana. Ravana is the consort of Kang the Conqueror in a in See? a very old Avengers storyline, and that's exactly so what made me think. All, I'm like, it's bringing it all together. I did a little in sync, and I said it's gonna be Kang. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of this See? episode. Name it right now. It's gonna, it's be, gonna be Kang. Bam, bam. I mean. And I think that's the perfect time to bring in a villain nobody ever has heard of outside right. of comic geeks. He's not well known. Nobody has a concept of this character. We've seen and, him. In, in, yeah. And he's he's the villain in Ant Man Three, the Quadra Mania, Quadra. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so he's he's coming up anyway. Quadra Yeah. Yeah, they're going to bring in the Who. They're going to bring in the Who too. Yeah, I don't know how they're. I don't know how many of the Who are still alive. I don't know. Is is it? Uh, I think only. P- I think uh, no. Moon, the drummer, died. A well, long yeah, time he ago. died, but that yeah. was a long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Moon. But, but yeah, yeah, the I other guy still alive and just deaf. Yeah, they're all deaf. Exactly. So they're out, they're not out there performing because they don't know what the hell they they, they couldn't hear what they were saying. Feel the That's beat, it. man. Feel the beat. Rock yeah. never dies. Oh, well. Um, yeah. So I think this is where it's going. You know, the, 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 all these people are, were, have been fed a lie or that those entities did exist. They were killed off and Kang is kind of pulling the strings and they're trying to keep that myth alive. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's damage control. Potentially there's trying to keep things on board, but we saw what this villain has done at the end. And it's just leading to where I, we all know I, we think where we're going. 
it's just going to be fun to get there. I think we are eight episodes with Loki. Is that the number count? Yeah, uh, so I believe it's six. So it's, okay. it's like Falcon Ooh, and short. Soldier. So yeah, okay. short, but but mercifully so, I think. Definitely. Because yeah, you're right. Because then you run into the, oh, we got a filler episode in this and we're going to take a backstory that it was always the case with the like the netflix shows like orange is the new black like oh we're gonna take another episode here to tell a backstory so and so after we had this cliffhanger where one person shot another person it's like oh come on but you know maybe it was because of the it all drops at once so you can just sit and binge 13 episodes where this is weekly and so they want to they want to as you said create a little bit more excitement keep the buzz going as opposed to it being just one big keep it tight right keep it one tight. big drop yeah there's a lot yeah. of there's Versus- a lot of doubt a lot of double entendres in this segment. Keeping it tight, one big Keeping drop. It tight. Just, oh my! It's God. all over the place. But I mean, and I, I really don't think this time, Charlie. I don't, th- I, and that's just going to be weird because this is then leading us into Black Widow. They're going to overlap a little bit. I don't right. really expect to see any type of synergy between those two series. So, I wouldn't think so. They, they, they seem miles apart. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't think so. So I don't think we're going to get much synergy, especially since they kind of flip-flopped the order of some of these things to right. the releases orders kind of cadence. So the TV series will have the best probably perspective to pivot and do some things versus the movies, but I don't know. So uh, it's going to be weird how all of these things interact because we've got, you know, this, then Shang-Chi, then the Eternals, and then we get Doctor Strange dump down the road so i don't know it's it's gonna it's fun but i like this we're kicking it off we got three series that are completely doing their own thing and then we get what if and then after that we get somebody else she hulk yes no that's next year i don't know we have to consult the schedule but anyway uh what else you got yes so i wrapped up uh invincible on amazon prime this the tv series um this series was eight episodes long and Charlie, did you watch any more than the first I, three? I, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't grab me. I don't know why. Uh, maybe maybe it was actually it was too gruesome, which is usually not a problem for me. But that big slug out where um, Omni Man just d- just murders everybody. I was like, mm. I just it felt too gratuitous to me, and I think it was kind of a turn off. Sorry. Maybe I'll go back and check it out someday. But anyway, yeah. What did you think? What was the, the it doesn't get any, it doesn't get any loose less gruesome. And okay. one thing you'll notice in the title card, every episode more blood is just splattered on that title card. Well, and, that was like, that's kind of like the Walking Dead. I know every season that goes yeah. by, the the letters look more desiccated. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this series doesn't disappoint. It pivots enough from the comic, um, but essentially, this takes. I think because I read the Omnibus, which is the first 12, 25 episodes or issues. Issues. This issues episodes. It's all it all blends. Um, you've got you've I've, got issues and episodes. So this kind of mixed up the story of the comic in different ways where it makes the series very complimentary because it does enough things differently that it still doesn't feel like it's not worth watching or reading the other. You can do both, kind of like The Boys. It's it's one of those things where it works really well together. And I really enjoyed this. It's it where it ends and where it's going. Oh, I, I just can't wait to see what they do next because um, I do need to get back and read more of the comic because um, I, I, I just want to see the differences as they continue. And they do such a good job. Uh, I really enjoyed most aspects of the series. I don't think of any areas where um, maybe some of the character designs of some of the, the villains and things were, were so-so, but they did a good job capturing the art of the comic 
pretty well and, and making you feel like it's there. And um, I just think it, it just makes me feel so like happy about where the future lies with animated projects that they DC, I think, is the one that carried it forward. DC's animated projects basically laid the groundwork for all this because they could tell stories that were a little mature, uh, faithful to the, to the actual source material, but maybe do a little bit different things. And then it said, it's okay to tell R rated stories, um, the killing joke and things like that. Um, and we're getting this with this. So we're going to probably get more of these stories, which I think is great. Um, and I hope Marvel once again, Marvel beyond what if what's the next big animated project you're going to do, because it would be great if they do more of this. Right. It would be good to see them kind of get a handle on it where DC has yeah. been, you know, kind of drinking their milkshake all these years. So we'll see what happens. So, well, cool. Yes, perhaps someday I will go back and revisit if it suits my fancy. But I watched a couple of films streaming, uh, one of which was on HBO Max, which is also in theaters. April and I have been enjoying going back to the theaters. But this is not one that that I like, oh, God, I got to see the cinema experience. It was uh, uh, Lynn Manuel, Lynn Manuel Miranda's musical In the Heights, which as I was watching it like a moron, I said, hey, babe, this would be a great musical. <laughs> Didn't realize it's been a musical that's been out there since 2005. But this mm-hmm. is great. Tells the story uh, in Washington Heights, which is in the northwest corner of Manhattan, I, I think. Uh, that is a highly, you know, uh, Latinx area. Uh where apparently everybody sings and dances in the streets. You can also dance on the walls. You can do a lot of great stuff. Uh, but it, it, it uh, spanning a three-day period, uh, telling the lives of, uh, of course, some very colorful characters uh, during a uh, during what becomes a blackout uh, in the city during a very hot summertime. So won't spoil very much about it because I will encourage you to watch it. But I loved it. I come from a musical theater background a little bit myself uh and I'm, I'm an avid music fan and i love to sing so this was great for me caught myself singing along and it was you know it was great to watch at home because it was one of those that april and i will often will will start a movie and then my wife works on some small business stuff usually in the evening so she'll stop and then i'll be doing this or i'll be playing video games or something and then we'll come back and watch a bit in the morning and then a bitch at lunchtime uh, a bit uh, not a bitch at lunchtime a bit at lunchtime and then some of the you, so- you do get kind of grumpy when you're hungry charlie i do and you hear me yawning and yeah you know i, I gotta have my i gotta have my my snack time so um but uh yeah we did split this up a little bit but th- this was delightful i absolutely absolutely adored it todd have you partaken of this yet on the on on hobo max it is planned uh basically what is going to happen is my wife um lost a friend to cancer about this time last year and she was into musical theater and the plan was because of of you know covid not being able to celebrate people's passing um they decided they were going to rent a theater out and watch this together as friends um so so i think that's going to happen i'm still waiting Uh, to hear when it's going to happen and you're you're saying you're getting invited or no i'm just (laughs) well i i i told my wife that you know my wife that you know go by yourself enjoy have fun with your friends it's your moment she goes no i like you there i'm like that's fine we'll Uh we'll go then that's awesome Good deal. So that's where I we would like see it. it. But I, if if that doesn't happen, then I will. Yes, definitely watch it. Right. Because um, I, I, I love musicals and I love genre when they mix musicals together. You're less a fan of that, but that's OK. It, it, it depends if it's well. This was incredibly well done. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. But when when execution is not handled in on par with this, I think it's ridiculous. This I enjoyed very much because because I loved Hamilton very much. And this was this was very much to me a Hamilton for a modern setting. 
I mean, in Hamilton. Pre Hamilton, you might say a pre Hamilton, a pre post Hamilton, which could be another yes, because this was pre Hamilton, I believe, before Hamilton. Yes, exactly. So it was yeah. Somebody called the TVA. Um, So anyway, that was a great experience. uh, Which again, you can see in the theaters or you can see it on HBO Max, which probably almost everybody has access to now. One thing that was not in the theaters, nor do a lot of people have access to, nor should they worry about it because it was god awful, is the new production starring Mark Wahlberg over on Paramount Plus, an original Paramount Plus called In Charlie. Yes. Do you feel it, baby? Feel the sensation. It's such a Oh, Marky Mark, did you ever stop rapping? You should have just continued to rap. Oh, my God. So anyway, it's called Infinite, or as I titled it here, an infinitely shitty film, uh, where Mark Wahlberg takes on what is essentially a uh, Highlander-style film. I've lived these many lives. I retain skills. uh, But there's this MacGuffin that's followed us throughout history, but I don't remember anything, so they got to zap him or some weird shit. Edris Elba is the villain who is also trying to acquire the MacGuffin. It's called The Egg, which, like... It's an egg. Mag- it's an egg MacGuffin. Oh there. no! I'm done. Oh I'm no! Done. Wait, you didn't see I it. I had this thing. Are you ready? Mic drop. Egg MacGuffin. That's the name of the movie. Is that the name of the episode too? An egg MacGuffin. Uh, I think that's gotta you know be. Okay, do it. Egg MacGuffin. Oh, I did it. How often do I get to name the episode? It's you know what? Usually, we usually name the episode in process on Code Forty Seven. So this is I like yes. this. I like I like that. I like it doing it this way. It's good. It's very. But yeah, Believe this me, was. I, I believe I will be redeemed with my King title. When that's revealed, I'll use it again. Yeah, King bitch. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So you know, kudos to Paramount Plus for throwing their head in the ring. But this looks like it was written by a fourteen-year-old with crayon. It's garbage. It is garbage. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. I'm, I'm closing it down. It's an egg MacGuffin. Scene. Moving on. Makes it easier when you don't have to pay for it, Charlie, as an extra expense, <laughs> right? That's what she said. Oh, no, wait yeah. a second. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like that's, uh, that's going to be it. So we're going to have to skip out on this tab because the service was terrible. Uh, maybe we're never coming back here. Maybe we'll have to sit outside. But I think it's time to move on, Todd. Where, what's next on the agenda? Oh, Charlie, we're going to go to a fantastic vacation destination where uh, Qantas Airlines will take us to the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And this week, we've got a game. Charlie and I are trying to find a way to make sure we don't duplicate these too many times. So, right, uh, I right. So, I, I created tracker. a schedule because you know yes. I love my graphs. Graphs are for me. Graphs and uh, calendars and Instagram posts saying, Charlie, remember we got a game. So, yeah, we're going to try to, uh, you know, keep these things on more of a less they, they they duplicate less often and obviously we're right. gonna have some more topics that'll be more more uh you know as we have get bigger movies you know we'll have a spoiler cast and things like that so more to come uh just stay uh just stay posted we'll have some more guests as well and uh yes. we're gonna guarantee a good time folks but this is All a game this is a game you can actually be smarter than us because you can play along at home it's 20 questions yes. you know how this real. works you uh, got this it is all be- right 
yeah, this is going to be the villain edition. So Charlie and each, I have, have a villain uh, ready to go. Charlie, did you want to start guessing first or start, uh, or did, did I want to start guessing? Ladies You're going to start guessing first. I like it. I will Ladies start choice. guessing. Let me, let me ask the cat. Hold on. What do you think? Oh, she wants, she wants you to go first. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Rufus is here on my side. I would show Rufus, but he is uh, playing with his bone. Oh, Oh, Mail we dogs. don't want to see that. That's no, a hard pass. All right. Let's get it started. I will keep track in the chat of the number of your guesses. So fire away. All right. Uh, is this a comic book villain? You're going to have to rephrase. Okay. Did this villain debut in comics? No. No. Okay. Great. Did this villain debut before 2000? Yes. Okay. Before 2000, not a comic book villain. Did this villain appear as a live action person? Yes. Okay. Live action. Okay. Um, is this person, This is this villain a movie villain? You're going to have to rephrase. Has this villain only appeared in movies? This villain has not only appeared in movies. So that is a okay, that so, is obligatory good buddy. So multiple threat uh, on many screens and appearances. Multi- okay. Media, yes. Multimedia. Okay, before the year 2000, uh, has been in many different things. Um, is this villain human? No. Not a human. Oh, okay, okay, even better. Okay. Um, hmm, I'm curious then. Uh, so is this villain... Has this villain ever died on screen? No. Not that I'm aware of is my okay, you can make me do some research. I'm gonna go with no. If if you can't confirm it, we can skip that one. Okay. No, it's okay. I'm gonna I'm i st- I'm gonna stick with no. So that's okay, so, six questions down. Okay. Uh great. Does this villain have any powers? Yes. It has powers. Um, okay. Let me, let me dig in here. Um, is this villain part of a franchise series? Multimedia. I, w- I would simply ask you to define what a franchise is. So exactly. Star Trek is a franchise. So it'd be a villain Correct. in a Star Trek series. So this villain is part of a, a franchise that exists. So without this villain would not exist without that franchise, right? That is correct. Okay. Yes. So it's part of a franchise. Um, <laughs> so is this a Star Trek villain? Nope. It's not a Star Trek villain. Okay. Multiple. Okay. Because I said it's not. A, oh, no, it isn't a franchise. I'm sorry. You're correct. Isn't a franchise, not a Star Trek villain. So it isn't a, it is a franchise, not Star Trek. Correct. Correct. Okay. Ooh, ooh, this is going to get a little more difficult. And, um, okay. Is, is this villain or 
was this villain created by an American? I don't actually know the answer to that question. Give me a different one, please. Perfect. That's one, of the, one that I can't quantify. Okay. So does this villain, has this a villain appeared in the last five years? I'm going to say no. Ooh. Ooh. You're halfway, you're zeit, ha- maybe you're out of the zeitgeist. Could be. Okay. <clears throat> Powers, non-human villain, uh, debuted before the year 2000, multiple media. Um, has anyone famous or notable ever portray, portray, portrayed, portrayed this character? Yes, I would say okay. yes. Okay, so some talent behind this. Okay. Um, dang. Um, is this franchise well regarded I mean that's a tough opinion question I are you would it be uh, ask me a question more is it a beloved franchise is that what you mean by Yes, or well regarded, you know. It's it's enjoyed by the critics or the fans. I'll take one or the other. It's would you say is this franchise perhaps enduring? Would that be an accurate statement? I'm guessing if it's enduring, I mean it's 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 at least halfway decent. Usually, bad things don't continue on. Well, that's I mean that's again a a topic of protracted discussion. Okay, from Star Trek might say, but I'll I'll say yes. I'll say yes to number twelve. Okay, we're at number 12. So I have eight more to go. Um, okay. Uh, does the villain have a catchphrase? But, of course, don't all of them. Oh, um, I like this. I, I don't actually know what it is, but I'm fairly certain. I'm going to – it's probably part of I'm going to say yes because like you pro- you probably think that it's Yes. So okay. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Are you lying? You'll see. You'll see. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Um, Todd, uh, just it, two words for you. Alternate facts. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. it, would you consider this a serious property um, no. versus like jokey and fun? Okay. So it's by not. No means, by, no, by no means serious. It's not Battlestar Galactic reboot where it's Voltar. You know, that's the guy's Voltar. Did I, did I spoil a future a choice? He'd be a good villain. No, I'm, I'm only doing one each, so I, it could be somewhere okay. down the road, but you won't remember. I know your memory. <laughs> okay. Um, so has this ever been a comic book? Yes. So it's been a comic book. It's been on multiple screens. That is, oh, you have goodness. five selections five left. left. Uh, is this sci-fi based? No. Not sci-fi based. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hmm. Hmm. Um, oh no. Are you, I, are you going where I think you're going? Cause if you are, I will laugh my butt off. Um, well, that's, that's appropriate because this is supposed to be a fun game. Is, is this villain? Well, you said human, so I don't know if it's, it's, it's no, 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 not, 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 not a human. human. Okay. But I'm just like, is this character, is this, this villain? Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, Hmm. God. So you said not sci-fi. So, hmm. And it's hmm. Okay. Did this did this debut 
before 1970? No. Not before 1970. Three so we're, selections remain. So we're 80s to 80, before 2000. And so we're in the 80s-ish. Okay. Um, wow. Could be. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. Can I call, Can I phone a friend? Are you actually going to call somebody? No. no. You may not That's have Rufus. access to the Google. Rufus, 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 help me. You're my only hope. Rufus, um, stop licking your bone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pay attention, doofus. Um, <laughs> uh, so does the villain have a sidekick? Yes. Villain has a sidekick. Oh, crap. Two selections remain. Is this... Okay. Uh, is this a holiday-themed villain? Nope. Okay. Blew that out of the water. It's then. the final countdown. Meow, 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 meow. One question left, babe. Okay. I... Uh, so, yeah, one more question, then I got to guess. Okay, so last question yeah. would be... Um, Is his antagonist a worthy foe? He's already an int- oh his antagonist, meaning his yes. nemesis, not not someone who's evil. Correct. Yes, I would say so. And it's guest worthy time. foe. Okay, it's guest time. Crap. Okay. Um. Yes, his antagonist is not a bumbling oak. You know, I'm I'm just gonna because th- I think this is a technicality, but I'm gonna say it's Cobra Commander. Not a bad guess, but it's because he was a snake man. Oh, I was gonna go Scott. Like, is he human? Because he kind of is human that got transformed into a monster. I I don't really know Skeletor's origins, but I mean, Skeletor has a a human form, but he's blue. But he's he's has a skull, so that but he was he's alive. So, but again, it's not science fiction; it's fantasy. Which I was going to go that route, but because Skeletor's origin actually, he was the brother of King Randor and was basically horribly disfigured and turned into. You can be horribly disfigured to the point that you don't have any skin on your face or muscle tone or eyeballs. Actually, his origin was told in that Cartoon Network series, which I thought that's a cool take. But yeah, so technicality, my friend. Uh, you know what? Like I said, my my judgment was from the classic cartoon series and the film, which I'm vaguely familiar with. When he said, "If it's someone famous, Frank Langella, Angela Skeletor, very very famous actor in my regard, at least because he was on Star Trek once." I um, demand satisfaction as I take off my glove and beat you. Slap your your virtual glove. Okay, so now it's your turn to pepper uh, one at me, which I'm sure I will also miss. So I'm just going to ask the audience right now: Do I? Did I, was I wronged? I, I let us know in the comments on Twitter if I was wronged. Oh well, we'll move on. Charlie, Todd needs to feel that he was wronged, but okay. So, so let's start with questions. So, question number one, yes. Charlie, what is your? And don't forget to keep start? keep track and keep track in the chat. This is very Just exciting, work. folks. I am writing numbers now. Charlie, go. That's very exciting. Um, so, the villainous character is this. Uh, a character prominently appear in movies. Yes. Okay. Would this character's first appearance have taken place before the year 2000? I'm almost certain. Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you're having no, not this villain, not this villain did not appear before. So it's, it's very close. Let's put it this way. It's on the cusp 
but I believe it was after the year 2000. Okay. After the year 2000. Okay. So, believe so. Um, in movies after the year 2000, uh, is this character a human character? It was a human. It was a human. Oh, it is a human. It is a human. It is a yes. human. Yes. And I confirmed, on. yes, this is, this is post-2000. Yes. Okay. So let's see here. Uh, post-2000, uh, human character, movies. Um, let's see here. Does this human character possess superhuman abilities? No. Not superhuman ability, so we've got to, we've got a villain who is not powered. Okay, uh, and that, so that would discount most Marvel villains because this is primary movies, is post two thousand. Um, would this, would these movies be uh, that in which this villain is featured be of the science fiction genre? No, non science fiction. Okay. If you notice, I'm getting fancy in the number. I'm actually putting in what your guess was. Oh, very nice. Well, that is what I will do in the future. That actually saves a lot of a lot of trouble. So, uh, question six. Uh, so, is not sci-fi, not powered. Uh, so, do these um, films take place in a uh, contemporary Earth environment? Does it take place right here on the Blue Marble? Yes. Blue Marble on Earth. Not science fiction, no powers in the movies after the year 2000. Um, is, this is this villainous character part of a team of villains? I love how you spell contemporary because it's. I know I'm. I'm. It, it was blocked in the <laughs> chat. Sorry, I had the little little chat button was in front of it, so I'm like, oh, how do I spell contemporary? Sure, but sure. I, what did I type in? I'm not a. I'm not a blind typer. I need to see my hands. <laughs> using, using I'm not a complex man. So, what, is he? Is this villain part of part of a, a part team? Of a team? I would say not part of a so team. So a, a standalone villain. Um. Are the films that this character appear in animated by any chance? No. Not animated films? So we're out of Pixar, we're out of Disney. Um, not science fiction. Did, do we know if this villain is... Oh, no, that didn't really make much sense. You're not gonna, it's not going to be some wacko thing that I don't have any chance of getting, right? I'm, I'm almost 100% sure you've seen this movie. Um, it's not, it's not a niche thing. Okay. It wouldn't be like, oh, I just gave away a clue. I just gave away a clue. That it's not niche. Is not niche the name yeah. of a villain? Uh, let's see here. Something between science fiction, contemporary setting. Um, does this villain employ, uh, various technologies in their villainous schemes? The tech-based sure. villain? Okay. I don't know if a tech-based film, but technology is involved. Technology is involved in this. this oh, film. I just nine, put sure. Nine sure. That's very helpful. Thank you so much. Okay. I like that. Um, the films that this villain appears in, would they be more mature? Would they be rated R? No. No. Okay. So it's not a, you know, Fast and the Furious and it's Dom Toretto. <laughs> well, I don't even think those are R-rated, are they? 
I would think so. There's a lot of violence and blood and language, and yeah, it's never stopped so. something from being PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might be an occasional boob. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think that's. I think it's boob-free, but full of violence. Yeah, tech included, not mature. Okay, um, <laughs> boob the boobless crap network. Um, so human with powers. Well, you said what? No powers. Human? No, not no power. Not, not sci-fi. It's a regular villain. Would be a G.I. Joe because those characters aren't primarily movies, even though those movies did come out. That was one of my first questions. What's their primary media? You said movies. Um, well, that's a tough one, eh? Um, not science fiction. It's on Earth. It's contemporary. It's a villain. Do I get to phone a friend? Where's one of the cats? I don't know. I might actually. I might ask. Screen for, Lantern, it, Green Lantern. He's pretty smart. It's not green. It, it's it's not Hector from Green Lantern, is it? It's not Hector Hammond. Hector Hammond. Um, oh God. So again, it's not comic book based because all those classic comic book characters were around back then. Unless it's you know, like. Catwoman. Ask away, Charlie. Ask away. You got, oh you're, at, you're at 10. So this is number 11. Just ask away. Round down. Okay. So let's see here. Um, so technology-based. Um, is, is, is there a military aspect to the, the, the films that this villain is in? Is it kind of military fiction? Nope. Not military-based. Not military. So it's not a, a Rambo or whatever-ish. Not like a universal soldier. Uh which wouldn't fit the bill. Oh, golly. My brain is stumping. Male or female villain? No, you have to ask yes and no. So, Is it a male villain? Yes. Male villain. Is this male villain... Um, older than you and I? Older than mid, mid-40s? Ooh, ooh, I don't know. Um, like, it's like it, not like an evil old man or something like, oh, it's old man. Uh, I'd say older, but not like older. ancient. Okay. So doesn't have powers. Uh, this villain, does he, you know, reign over a community in like a post-apocalyptic environment? Well, you already said con- contemporary, so right, but it could be like post-apocalypse. Okay, uh, a no post-apocalypse. Okay, so it's not like a you know Dawn of the Dead kind of scenario. Plus, it would be Rocky Dead. Those aren't movies. Oh, goodness oh gracious. not not post-apocalypse. Not so. I got it. Older than us, villain. No powers. It was no powers, right? No powers. Human, not alien, male. Um, white? Yes. Caucasian. White, a white male. So, you know, the ultimate evil, like you and From me. From Caucasia. Caucasia. So, white male, evil villain, da 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 da, post 2000s. Is it post 2010? So, is it within the last, you know, 10, 11 years? Nope. 
So in the it's within the early aughts from 2000 to 2009. Correct. Correct. Oh, this is really going to piss me off. Well, fortunately, I'm near to the end. We're actually have to guess anyway. Yes, we're at number 17, Oh, Charlie. my God. So technology is involved. So, oh, my gosh. I will say this. Do not clue too much in on the technology part. It's a very minor, because technology is a part of everything. It's contemporary. Um, uh, sidekicks? Uh, are there sidekicks? I would say Yes. Sidekicks. Oh, the uh, the nemesis of this superhero. Does he have snazzy catchphrases? Absolutely. I think I might know what it is. Um, did the um, did the nemesis of the of this villain appear in films prior to when this villain came along? Say that again. Okay, so this villain, was this villain in a sequel of a film franchise? Yes. Oh, I think I might have it. <sighs> no, but the technology okay. part was... You got was one good. more guess, Charlie. So oh you're right at the, it's okay. the final countdown, my friend. Does the film take place over a certain American holiday? I love the face you're making. You're like, I don't know. Reverse stumpage. Okay, here's my guess. Is it the hold on? T- okay, hold on. I, this is your last question. Was holiday oh, based, my, so I said okay. no holiday. So now is I your guess? Queen Latifah's no holiday. Is this the villainous character played by Timothy Oliphant in Die Hard? Keep dying or whatever. No, not at all. I stumped you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she did. All right. Break it down for me. I love gold. No. <laughs> gold member. No, no, wait a second. No, but, but. I said contemporary setting, but that film plays both ways. It does. It, it does. And it goes back. But when I think of gold member, he's not a contemporary villain. He's in the past. But Mike Myers uh, present, yes. But but the character, but the gold member character doesn't appear in the present. I I know I I, I might have to call a mulligan on this one. I might need you, the judges rolling Twitter. You've been skeletored, Charlie. You've been skeletored. Uh, oh my god, that that that's a tough one. This was a rousing match. I think I, I like it when we we stump each other because then oh, uh, it went to us, the end. I thought you were getting us, so yeah. close to it. I'm like, oh, it's. I think he's the catchphrase in a sequel. I'm like, ooh, he's on it. I think he's got it. And no, yeah, and Timothy Oliphant didn't have a catchphrase. I guess I missed that part. <laughs> I like it. I like it when we play this and we and we and we both. I'd rather it. live. I'd rather live soft than die hard. Die hard. <laughs> Is that his catchphrase, Charlie? I just came up with it. Soft serve ice cream, die hard. Yes. I really thought, I thought, oh, yeah, there you go. Technology or whatever. Oh, my did goodness. Did he make like everything said, gold? Like he had a gold laser or something like that? I don't even yeah. know what he did. Yeah. He, he had a poke and a pancake or whatever. Oh, my God. So, anyway, a like I was trying, yeah. trying to say, I like it when we play this and we stump each other because neither one of us walks away feeling like we one-upped each other. And that's good. That way, it's good, clean, it's good, clean fun. Just like your basketball Jones. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is it for 20 questions. Hopefully you played her along. Hopefully you got it. And hopefully you realize that Charlie Skeletor me 
and he got uh, gold numbered. So there I you did. go. Oh yeah. man, I'm, I'm all covered in the flecks of gold. Anyway, and, oh my God. and 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 I, I would say, Charlie, in for future episodes, if you ever want to say, "Hey, I've got one that I want you to quiz Charlie on," you can text, you can Twitter at me. If you've got one for me that you want Charlie to do. Twitter at Charlie and Charlie will tell right. you how to add, do that. Add it to the list because yeah, Todd, uh, what's your Twitter handle for people to know? I am at T O X T R A at Toxtra. Right. I am at the C C E E T H R E E the C three. Uh, you will find me. And yeah, if you want me to stump Todd, hit me with it. But anyway, friends, uh, that's the end of the show. Thank you as always for joining us. Uh, we are a part of the magnificent secret friends unite podcasting network now with a shiny sweet sweet smelling beautiful new website over at secretfriendsunite.com all of our podcasts are found there that would be sfu what you're listening to co-op mode with video games todd and mark carabin code 47 is myself and my uh, sidekicks raren uh they would be rich and aaron talking about star trek and the Halicron chronicles is mark and myself talking about the wars of the starness. So all the episodes are there, a lot of cool, great content, which we're rolling out all the time. I myself published a, a an editorial today, which I was very excited about. So we will talk more about that as time goes on, because we would love to see that grow. We are, of course, over on Twitter at Secret Friends You. Drop us a line. Let us know you're something enjoying, something you'd love to hear us talk about, and we will see it. We do have a merch store over at TeePublic. Uh, I know at the end of the month, there's another great sale window coming up, up to 35% off. T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, buttons, magnets, so on and so forth. Uh, every dollar that we earn back from that actually does go back to support the show and our efforts to uh, grow the content that we're able to offer you guys. We're also over there on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel where you are watching. Uh, if you're watching this video, that's where you're watching it. Um, but yeah, do that. That's another great way to support the show and help us uh, bring more great stuff. So with that, I'm going to tell you, as always, uh, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. It's going to be Kang. Mer, mer, mer. Ha, ha.